Welcome to the 242nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. We are playing it. We'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on July 22nd, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com and 50% of this here show. With me is the man who loves shorts, Carlos Rodella. I hate shorts. You love shorts. We're doing shorts today. Oh, because it's a short episode and short, there quick reviews. Oh. There you go. Okay, so I love those types of shorts, but I don't like real shorts. You don't? I don't think uh, there is a picture of me with shorts ever. What if it's hot outside and you're dying of heat and you're sweating? You're not going to wear shorts on that day? I, we- I wear breathable jeans. What? <laughs> I was going to say I wear, and then I said I weave. So I actually weave them and make myself. That's amazing. Myself. You make your own jeans. I am super impressed. They're very, very light, and uh, they work really well in the summer. No, I don't make them, but I do get them from, um, oh, my goodness, I'm going to forget the company. I love them. What is the company I buy my jeans at? Is it the Breathable Jeans Company? Oh, man, I should look it up. Oh, I'll look it up during the podcast. We'll look it up at some point. It's basically these like really stretchy jeans, and they are super light, and it, I don't feel like I ever, ever sweat in them. So. Those are leggings, Carlos. Are you a leggings man? No. Are you sure? You got like a nice wait, wait. like floofy top and those tight leggings down below as you go to Jazzercise? Yes, and so jeggings? I think I have jeggings. jeggings. There you go. There you go. There you... Is that, that was a thing, wasn't it? It, it? it still is a thing. Oh, they're called the Muggsy Jeans. We're gonna look this up. We're not. No, I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm telling you, the, the kind that I buy are called. Oh yeah, Muggsy. but I'm gonna look it up. I got to see what they look like. Oh, okay. Well, they're amazing, and they, they're not paying me, which they. I wish they should. Or, if or they would they like could. to, we're open to sponsorship. I'm open to all sponsorships. Uh, the Muggsy jeans are the only jeans I buy now because basically they still look and fit like jeans, but they have the stretch to them. So it's not on a huge stretch, so it feels like it's uh, sweatpants, but it's just enough so that when you're bending or doing something. It just doesn't feel like it's ever constrained, and it's awesome. Is this because your legs are, like, super hairy or something? Or, like, why do you not wear shorts? That's weird. No, okay. I, I just don't like the feeling of having my legs exposed, probably. And then, B, I have very, very white legs <laughs> because they've never seen the sun. So they don't, you know, it, it would, it's going to be a whole process to get them back to the regular color of my other skin. I feel like there is a childhood trauma story associated There with might this. be that, too. Do you know what? When we, when we were growing up, because we're really old, um, I had this class called Home Ec. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I had, I had Home Ec as well. Yeah. I don't think they do that anymore. And they you don't. Had, they don't do it anymore. Yeah, they don't. You had to make your own stuff. So you like they teach you how to make clothing for some reason. That sounds like an old thing, by the way. Yeah, it really does, yes. You, did you go in a linen class on Tuesday? Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, in my Home Ec class, they made us wear or make jams. Do you remember jams? Jams? What do you mean? Jams were this like fad. It was shorts, but they were long shorts, and they were kind of like hip hop ish. Mm, I don't and, know if I know about those. And maybe because I went to school on the East Coast in New York, <laughs> but we had all had to make jams. And while that should have been cool, they you know they weren't. It, it looked really weird. And I think they made us wear them once. That could be the childhood trauma. Interesting. Interesting. Anyways. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get a paid psychiatrist. They're gonna come in here. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna get <laughs> a couch. We're gonna get to the bottom of this shorts aversion because I feel like there's something pretty juicy here, and I don't think it's jams. It's comes something more deep rooted than that. But, but that's for another show. That's for another episode. It is. Let's move on with today's episode, folks. You know that Carlos and I share a place virtually. We live in the same house. It is uh, divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape, folks. We're doing housekeeping right now. We are cleaning the house. 
I got a couple things, uh, but Carlos, let's kick it to you like we usually do. How's things looking on your side of the house? Well, I got to clean up all these jams for the first all thing. All these fucking leftover There's jams. So many leftover jams. Throw them, I give them a goodwill or something, man. Just get them out of here. Yeah, maybe I could put them on the, the internet and sell them for a pretty penny. Wear them first and then sell them and get more. I know. I'm not going to wear the jams. You get them sweaty first. People buy it like that, dude. That's, epi- a, that's, a, that's an appeal. This episode might be called jams, I'm thinking. <laughs> sweaty jams. With a Z. Oh, don't say sweaty jams. No one's going to click that link. I don't or know about that. will so, they? I think they will. So first off, uh, today, at the time of this recording, Thursday, uh, PlayStation servers were down and everybody had a big hoot about it. I don't know why. Um, you know, the computers go down sometimes. And I just, it was really funny to watch Twitter be like, just running around with its head cut off because it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? It's so funny. I didn't even realize it was down. I think I've been asleep for like the last four hours. I must have missed the whole thing. Good. I mean, but there's nothing to miss. That's my point. Just because people don't have on-demand everything all the time, like Bo Burnham said in his special Inside, which everybody should watch. Incredible special. Incredible. You don't need all the stuff all the time. So just fucking go outside. Chill out. You know, don't play or, a PlayStation or, game. Or just like me. Switch over to your fucking Xbox, yo. Get that Switch right. going. You got options. <laughs> oh, you could turn on your computer, PC, anything. Or also, again, just go outside. Just do something else. Like, it's just crazy. I mean, get a so, mask first, but then go outside. Right. Uh, get, get on your sweaty jams and then go outside. <laughs> go outside yes. Uh, so that's the thing that happened. I just thought I'd mention it because it seems silly that people are so uh, excitable about when things go down because they go down, calm down. Uh, secondly, uh, this was very interesting. I, I generally don't read a lot of, um, game articles that are on like randomly general websites, you know, like where variety magazine will do like a gaming oh, sure. section. Yeah, every once in a while they'll do that. Yep. So I was on one of those types of sites, like just like, you know, clickbait, and I got clickbaited. And I went into it and it said that the title, which was very clickbaity, was Immortality Should Be in Every Video Game. Like that's the most clickbait you can think of. Mm-hmm. So I went through to it and they were actually talking about Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, mm. which I've talked about on the show that I kind of noped out of it because I kind of got bored and I found it a little difficult. <laughs> and I was like, how is this? How are they talking about that game when I found it like to be hard at times? So I don't understand. You know, a lot of these articles that are written on just kind of generic sites don't ever have a, a point. It seems like, or they are just based on that clickbait. So it seems like someone might have actually wrote an article about this at some point, but I don't know what they were trying to say when it comes to Rift, Rift Apart because when I went into Rift Apart, there's no immortality taggle or toggle, you know. Oh, so taggles are pretty good. I like taggles. Let's, let's just go with all the words I mess up today. <laughs> so there's no immortality taggle at all. Um, there is a toggle though. Ironically, yeah, toggles are no good. Taggle is that's okay. where it's at. And but and you can you know uh, mess with the difficulty setting. So I, I put it down to easy to see if you know it did something. And there is a lot of accessibility. You know, there's a lot of different types of things where one button will do everything, or turning off like making things kind of auto control. Um, I did like the fact that you can actually skip puzzles because I'm not a puzzle guy. So after reading this article, I went back in and found that I could skip puzzles. But it was just interesting because the article never really, you know, went back to its clickbait title. You know, I bet I bet what it's referring to, I mean, I, and I don't know the article you're talking about, but, but I bet what it's referring to is um, Tim Schafer and Double Fine when they made that statement. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but about uh, Psychonauts 2 where he said that in invincibility or something or infinite lives or something like that was just one of like the baseline options because he feels like, or they feel like that anybody should be able to get through the game and just enjoy it how they want to. And if you still want to do the, 
three lives and restart. That was an option. If you just want to just keep going and shrug off all damage, that's an option too. Because they're like, you know, it just it's we're making this game. We want people to play the game. We want people to enjoy the writing and the, the scenery and the, the weird stuff that's in a Psychonauts game. We don't feel like there's an arbitrary skill um, barrier that you need to cross. So we're going to mm. just put that in the options. And then people kind of like developers kind of jumped on that and said, yeah, we kind of agree with that. That's cool. Um, and then, of course, the Internet fucking exploded and all these like get good, try hard gatekeepers came out and were like, you know, crying and wheezing and moaning for a while. Right. I, I suspect it's probably something to do with that because there were a lot of articles that came out about that time who were kind of like tagging in that concept of, yeah, you know, gosh, why is it that we require people to like pass this skill ceiling to get the rest of the content when anybody can read a book, anybody can read, watch a movie, anybody can listen to an album all the way through. And games are the one thing where it's like, you know, we do a skill check to see if you can see right. the content that you fucking paid for. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting though, like you said, yeah, I, it probably came from that. And like, um, a ton of websites always just jump on a bandwagon, right, and kind of create content around that. Um, totally. But what's weird is that this article, which again got shared on tons of other sites, it didn't, it never really like explained that in comparison to Ratchet and Clank. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't say like, and because of that, you can do these things. It just said like, it's super accessible, and you know, and then it's reiterated its thought about immortality should be in every game. So it was just weird because I went back to it, and it still was like. You know, you had to have eye-hand coordination. You you did die a lot because there is no immortality taggle, and you do fall off the ledge a lot. Like you, you know, yeah, you start over right away. Sure. But sure. there's like a ton of death in that game. So even with the uneasy, I still had to shoot a ton of you know bo bosses and all these bullets things coming at me and stuff. So it still didn't feel like easy. So it was really weird, weird that I saw that as the article went back and I was like, maybe it is easy. But it really wasn't about Ratchet and Clank, you know. It, like no. you said, it was just an article about a a, a, t a moment in time, I guess, or something. Maybe, or um, you just got clickbaited. So, I got clickbaited for sure. And also, I realized I still don't want to play Ratchet and Clank. There you go. Sadly. There you go. Last uh, piece. Oh no, two last pieces. One, uh, you don't want to hear this, but I wrote down for how much we love Game Pass and talk about how great it is. I just haven't been finding it very fun recently. Oh my goodness, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos! I this, love Game Pass. It's great. It's I, the oh, best. Oh, I know. I know. Best thing ever. It, I don't. I don't think it's the best thing ever for me personally because, I, again, I'm in a very weird position where I play every game and we get some codes and I buy some and and I played them. We like you say we've been playing them since they were created. So I'm a little tired. I wanted to call this episode Carlos's Over Video Games Part Two. You might get a wind of that in the next reviews that we're going to go into. But, like, I, I've played most of the games on Game Pass, which seems weird. And all the new ones, there's, like, maybe four or five that come out, you know, every week or two or three weeks. And I don't know. I've just been like, oh, good, UFC's out. Cool. Uh, new soccer game. Cool. It just, I don't know. It's just not like. Uh, you know, I think there's a couple things going on here, dude. Number one, I think maybe it's just, like, Wherever you are in your particular life journey, maybe there's just like something about this where you just are only after very specific experiences. You know, maybe that that particular experience is not being delivered to you on this particular week. And so it feels like there's nothing there. But I mean, I mean, dude, I actually literally just went through Game Pass last night and I was putting stuff to my um, play later tab because you can go through Game Pass and just like bookmark certain games where yeah. you don't want to download them because you don't want to fill up your Xbox with stuff you're not going to get to right away. But maybe you want to remember, like, you know, Game Pass is like a it's, it's, it's a big list. It's like 150, 200 games or whatever. Maybe even more than that. I'm not sure exactly if you look at all the different 
uh, you know, the EA stuff and all the other the Ubisoft stuff. And, you know, if you go through all of it, it's, it's a pretty long list. And so you don't want to go through that all the time. So you bookmark some and come back to it. And, man, I was like, I was like bookmarking, like, I mean, probably like 20 or 30 games. Uh, and, you know, I'm like, OK, this is stuff that I feel pretty interested in. Maybe not enough to buy it, but interested enough to check it out. Uh, and there's just like a lot there. But if, you know, if you're if you're not seeing the stuff that you actually want, I mean, they do their best to give you a broad spectrum. But on top of that, I think there's also this thing where it's like I, don't, I think people call it like the Netflix syndrome or something like that, where it's like you have so much choice and like so much out there that it kind of becomes devalued because you just like, uh, you know, you get all the stuff for free. and You're like, OK, cool. And like you don't really care about it. But if it was like a game that you, you paid for, like if you pre-ordered or you had to get in line for or you were looking forward to and you put 60 bucks down, something about that in the human brain sees that as a quote unquote like more valuable experience. Mm. And if you get like a thousand movies at like you get a thousand movies at Netflix, there's probably a thousand movies you haven't seen, a thousand movies you might enjoy. Right. But you don't watch them because they're just there and it's Netflix and who cares or whatever. I'll check into it, whatever. But the next time a movie rolls around to the theater, that's like. $27, you get a ticket plus popcorn plus whatever. You're like, oh, man, I'm so excited. Something about, like, the the spending of money and how it's presented to the human brain kind of, like, looks at it that way and, like, reprioritizes based on that, even though it's kind of a fallacy. So maybe that's going on as well. Okay, so I mean, there's, who knows? Yeah, there's, that's a good point and a very interesting, like, to- jumping off point for a topic someday. Uh, not now. But I think those two things are going on. One Yes, I am looking very for a very specific type of game, which will come across in the rest of this podcast, because if I don't have that and that's kind of what's fulfilling my game meter or whatever, game happiness meter, then I'm just running for the hills at this point, which is weird, but it's true. Like running for the hills. I just don't want to play it. So that's going on. But the other part, like you said, is also going on because when you just said wait in line, I had such a fond memory of like waiting for... I think it was Nintendo DS, original sure, Nintendo sure. DS. Sure, back in the day, yeah. Back in the that. day. Yeah. Had to go to the store and wait in line. It was cold. I think it was getting close to Christmas or something. Like what, midnight launch are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. And like it didn't really happen until 1 a.m. or something. And we're outside with like hot chocolate. And it's just like, yeah, of course, that when I get home with that, that's going to have – it's imbued. A new sense is imbued in that moment, you know, and in the games that I get at that moment. So you're right on that, um, and I think that we we would uh, it'd be good for us as humans to have more of those moments. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it is weird because it's like here's everything instead, and you're like, oh fuck, I don't. I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect example, dude. A perfect example. We've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, we've got Amazon Prime, and we've got HBO Max, right? We've got all these these services, right? I mean, collectively, that's like basically every fucking movie humans have ever made, like in the last what fifty years or whatever, maybe even longer than that, right? So we've got these at our fingertips in my house. We can watch any one of these channels. We are spoiled for choice, right? So like at any moment, at any point in the day, my wife and I can look at each other and be like, I want to watch a movie. And we've got like effectively infinite movies to watch, right? Where do we fucking go every time we want to watch a movie? We go to the brand new, what's what's brand new released and you have to pay money for it. We go to that fucking page every single time. Despite the fact we've got like 75,000 movies that are free at our fingertips. We don't want those ones. We want the brand new ones that we have to pay for because that's how the human brain works, right? Mm. Like, despite having masterpieces by world-renowned directors with, you know, the biggest stars Hollywood's ever produced, with the best writers, all this stuff sitting in these virtual vaults collecting virtual dust right there. All I got to do is click it, and it's mine. I can watch as many times as I want. I don't want it. 
I want well, the brand new fucking thing that just came out that I got to pay like five ninety nine for because that's the new and shiny, right? Yes, and so I do that too because I go to Amazon and obviously there's like tons of stuff on Amazon Video Prime Video, but yeah, I go to the new section. I'm like, what's the new movie that I have to pay five ninety nine? There you for? go, Human Brain. Even though Amazon literally gives me a ton of free movies. That said, I am a very unique case because I've watched tons of Amazon free stuff, like all the documentaries, all, you know, tons of uh, really great movies that I missed the first time. And I do that same thing on all the, all the other services. I think my main issue is that specifically with games, because there is a little bit less than movies and shows, I think. Um, I think I'm right on that. I'm not sure. But I've played everything that I want to play. And in the past, I've played that too. You know, well, I, sure, sure. I mean, so got very it really comes down to though. that, you know. You got. I mean, I mean. So yes, yes, and yes, and that's the that's the real title of the show is yes, and. Um, I you know I have a specific genre too. Like there are certain genres where I feel like I have played. You know, I've played basically every roguelike, so I don't go back and play old ones because I've played them all. But I think you know, there's also a case to be made for maybe trying something that you wouldn't have normally tried, or maybe you wouldn't think you normally would like. And I think for that, Game Pass is is a great thing. So for you who you have this like specific genre of like, maybe it's open world, maybe it's a lot of melee or, you know, you got your skill, your, uh, your power curve that you yes. like to have and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So like, you've probably hit all the famous ones for that. Like all the big names for that. You've probably already done. I totally believe that 100%. But maybe if you stepped out of that and said, Oh, well, maybe I'm going to play a game that isn't like that at all. That's maybe like a puzzle game, or maybe it's like a narrative game that has no, no power-ups, no combat. Or maybe I'm going to play an indie game. That's all like 2d pixely or something, you know, not your usual jam, if you decide that you want to go for that, I think Game Pass is great because you can jump in and try all these other things and just get a little taste of it, right? Like kind of like like you can do with Netflix if you want to. Like I may have seen every sci-fi movie, but if I want to try something different, I mean, I may not. Maybe I don't want to try something different, but if oh. you want to, yeah, I mean, there's a lot there, right? And also sci-fi. If there's any sci-fi, even if it's sure. old stuff, I watch sure. I watch old sci-fi. Like well, you get heartbeat. what I mean. Like you know, yeah, yeah. You, you, I know the feeling of like I've seen and done it all because I keep hitting the same genre over and over. But maybe if you broaden up a little bit, you know, maybe well, you get okay. into new new So let me just let me the yeah not yes and let me say no but no um, but <laughs> because again a show first no but yeah I don't know why uh, even I originally brought this up I guess it's because when I looked at the new six new games in Game Pass like nothing was interesting to me and then sure. like last week it was the same way and the week before it was the same way because I I loaded up every time to see what the recently added ones are. And most of the time I added up or loaded up, it isn't that I wa didn't want to play a you know indie pixel game because I play all that shit and I play a ton of stuff on Steam, uh, and Game Joel and all the you know I'm friends with indie game. I love indies. It's more like yeah, what fills my game meter happiness meter right now? And it's what sure, you said. I get it's you. I get it's you. all that kind of power curve stuff like that. So it's not that. And also like Blood Root, I think that's what it is. Just came out in Game Pass, and I already yes. played that. And I was like, yeah, oh my yeah. goodness, that's a great, fun, weird game, which I think people should try. But again, to my chagrin, I've already paid it. So I guess that's Let's... what happens when you are a play everything game critic and podcaster like we are. I know. Again, woe is me. But uh, it's it goes to my brain of like, I want all of the things all the time. And um, when you do that, I guess you just get burnt out. I mean, it, I mean, that also explains why you only why you feel like Game Pass is not for you, right? Because if you have so much genre knowledge about the one genre that's really doing it for you right now i mean you've of course you've already played those games and so you're going to be looking towards the bleeding edge of brand new releases which totally explains why maybe game pass is not the right thing for you i mean that you makes, know, makes sense it does and you know what i just thought of i'm gonna talk close to the mic for this one i would love an asmr this is asmr i would love a service 
that I pay for, subscription service, that's just for the genre that I like. Imagine me paying for, and I never have to pay again, game, uh, game, pay for a game again. I, I like open world, melee, power curve, skill, upgrades, like that style. It could just even be RPG, right? That would be kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know how how frequently you would get new releases, but I mean, maybe somebody out there would love to set that service up. Who knows? Let's move on. Uh, last thing on my housekeeping. Uh, good discussion, though. EA Play did a stream today. They uh, did. And so I thought I'd just go over a couple of the things they mentioned. Nothing really got me excited except something at the end. You saw it too, right? I did not. I got, the, I got a 45 or 50 emails right after EA Play saying, hey, do you know about EA Play? And I'm like, oh, my God, I do now. But I'm not going to watch it because I got no time. Well, here, going with my thought of, uh, I'm just kind of like in a blah about games today. But I love a lot of people in the industry. So I don't want to say this against negatively against people. But I saw some stuff in the presentation where it's like, you know, host brings out people. Everyone's really excited. I love positivity. I'm Mr. Optimistic. I love good energy. But there's just so much stuff in the game industry that's like, it just feels false. You know, like, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, oh, wow, thanks for showing us this thing. Oh, I'm really excited about the thing no, that you told me false. about. It's all it's all horseshit, of course. Yeah, and yeah. you watch it firsthand, you know, and you're watching it all the time with the different things that you do, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all I just I just can't stomach it anymore. Like, it, it makes me, it turns me off to even the content they're showing. Anyway, I so, mean, I get it. It's It's hard to get excited about something when someone is being obviously false about being excited about it. Right. And I just saw that some of that today during EA play. Like it was like, just calm down. Like you don't need to do that. Just show me the fucking trailer and talk like a regular person. Uh, anywho, my negativity aside, uh, grid legends, they showed off, which is more grid, but with like famous people in it, cars, uh, which are really fun, but you know, grid and then apex legend, which I don't care about, but I'm the minority in the world. Like everybody else. I don't play it either. Okay. We're the minorities in it. And there's a new new mode, and I think you can kind of do some single player stuff, uh, hordes or something. And sure. they did show off Lost and Random, which I have not mentioned on this show, but I'm very excited about. Oh, I just read about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a it's like an actiony RPG, but looks like Tim Burton style. And there's a dice, and the dice is like a little character. And there's also like some card battling in it, and it just looks wonderful. So it's cool to see more of that. Uh, they talked about Knockout City Season 2. I don't care. No, it's I don't care either. Dodgeball. I don't think many people care, actually. Well, unfortunately. But yeah, it's Dodgeball Battle Royale. Then they show Battle 2042, which everybody and their mother is like super excited about and jumping up and down for. And it does look bombastic and you know ridiculous. I'll give it that. Um, I won't ever play it, but it seems you know crazy. Flying around hurricanes, right? I don't care. Yeah, but okay. yeah, I know people are psyched. People are psyched. And the last one is the surprise teaser for Dead Space Remake. Oh, okay. I didn't realize they did they show anything or did they just talk nope, about it? They did like a little teaser. It was like a, it was an alien in the distance, you know, a little monster. Ah, whatever. Yeah. And it was like nothing. But uh, they just said, and they, they called it a remake. So I guess they're going to just do the first game again, but with but good graphics. I, I don't believe graphics. anybody from the original team is on it, or is there? Do they sell some of the original developers? Know. Are they giving it to a new team? They didn't say? They did, oh, they truly didn't say, because they just showed that, and the show ended. That's oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's it. And by the way, speaking of uh, games that I don't normally play, but is also published by Annapurna, which we love. We love Annapurna. Last Stop just came out. So I thought yes. maybe we could check that out. Or do you, are you talking about the, on the show today? No, no, okay. no. I, I saw that it just came out. It is something that I'm 100% interested in. And we should actually coordinate, not now, but after the show because of what I'm about to talk about. Um, and we should figure out what we want to cover. That would be a perfect one for the next episode, though. Okay, let's do that. Okay, cool. Excellent. How your house is clean? Your side My house, house is, is good? pretty clean. I guess I, I also say that, and I don't know if anybody cares, but I found out that Neo: The World Ends with You has a demo, and I forgot that that would, had come out. So I'm going to try that. Oh man, you know a lot of people love that game. I really did not like it the first time around. I never got into it. But this is a new version, right? This is not the original. I thought it was a remake of the original. Am I wrong? Is it a new? Is it a brand new game? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I you know I just I just don't go in for that. That style of game, um, I'm just out of like turn-based RPG kind of stuff. I'm out of like that kind of like, it's got a little bit of a, a Kingdom Hearts feeling to it to me. And I'm just, I'm not really a customer for that kind of stuff. So Yeah, I don't know if I'm either, but that's why I like demos. So I'm going to check there it out. There you go. There you go. All right, okay. cool. Your side. Um, I don't have a lot of, uh, well, I have like stuff, more like life stuff, I guess. Um, first off, let's just start with something related, right? So Carlos, you've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. We mentioned this a while ago, and then we kind of put it on the back burner because life, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we're actually now ready to roll it out. Uh, we do now, at this moment, have So Video Games t-shirts and sweaters and hoodies available. We have a hoodie. Yeah, we have a hoodie. Yeah, so those are ready to go. It's got our show logo. And if you like the show, you'd like to let people know you listen to the show or you want to just support the show, uh, that would be great. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, I'll give you the link. I will also put it in the show notes. And it will be always in the show notes from this point forward so if you ever lose it or can't remember what it is or if we didn't say it on a particular episode just go to the show notes i'm going to just put it into my regular standard notes and it'll always be there um, but you can go to www.designbyhumans.com slash shop slash so video games slash and you will see uh, the offerings there. Let us know if you buy one. Send us a picture with you wearing one. That would be yes. amazing. Yes. Do let that, us please. know. And if you want something else you want us to offer, let us know that. Small steps. We're just going to do this and test the waters and see how it goes. But thank you, Carlos, for getting this all set up. This was totally your baby, and I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I was excited to finally get it going, and I had done some shirts uh, on that site myself for some other stuff. So, yeah, it's a basic uh, T-shirt. Um I think it's unisex. Basically, it says men's, but it, I, I've my I've had friends uh, who are women who bought them and they fit great. So I think there's some women's available, and we're going to kind of work on that. Um, it, I think I made one available, didn't I? That men and women. I think I do not remember. I got to go back and look. I'll at triple it. check. But whatever I'm not, whatever we don't have, let us know, and we'll try to add it. Uh, and I'm just like you, like uh, Brad said, I'm just testing stuff right now. So. We have the hoodie that I just kind of made available, and we'll just be modifying it as we go. And if I can twist Brad's arm enough, I'm going to try to make alternate logos for the T-shirts if he lets me. Well, the approval committee is pretty strict. I don't know that they're going to let things go. We'll see what happens. We'll no see what happens. No promises. no promises, but maybe some new up other style of T-shirts later. Yes. I will say, though, I you know, it, now that you're saying it, I actually am scolding myself mentally because my wife, one of her pet peeves whenever we, you know, back in pre-COVID times, uh, PCT, uh, whenever we would go to, like, conventions or packs or whatever, she was always super fucking annoyed because she would see cool T-shirts that she'd want to buy, and they only came in men's cuts. And at first, I was like, well, what's the big deal? We both have a chest and we both have arms. Of course, you got boobs, and that's different. But, you know, like, aren't they? Is, is that a problem? 
Yes, it is a problem. And I was schooled very hard and very thoroughly. And I now understand there's a specific way to cut T-shirts specifically for women. Not necessarily that, you know, like larger endowed women, but just women in general because of how their bodies are. And my wife was very clear. She's never, ever, ever buying a men's T-shirt again. So actually, I forgot to check when you sent me the link. I'm going to go to the, the link and see well, if there's I, a I can already cut. answer for you. I, I can answer. We got you covered. Ladies, we got you covered. I, I knew that I had set that up. So there's definitely a women's perfect tee is what they oh, call good. it. Oh, good. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. So I made sure to have that. But there's also like a relaxed version or something. It's called relaxed fit. Okay. Uh, and that one I have to add uh, for women's. Okay. Uh, men's doesn't have that. So there's two different versions for women. And I think uh, we have one of those available now. Excellent. Okay, good. My wife will be. My wife was gonna let me have it if I went upstairs and said we got shirts and there's no women's cuts. I I did not want to have that conversation. Nope. So and there's lots of much. sizes too. There's lots of sizes. Perfect. So. Okay, good. So that's there. We'll remind you at the end of the show. Link is in the show notes. And of course, don't feel any obligation whatsoever. But if you want to just you know wear a shirt, support us, send us a picture, <laughs> put it on social media, anything like that, please let us know. Tag us in and uh, give us a heads up. And okay. I'm gonna start uh, start us off because I'm gonna order one tonight. And then I'm gonna uh, order one also. We'll yes. wear it and uh, I'll do a picture of it. Okay. Exactly. There we go. So just a quick um, update for people who are curious about what I'm doing. This is not game related. So if you don't care, just skip ahead a couple minutes here. Um, I just got back from L.A. yesterday. Um, I really, really, really did not want to travel because COVID reasons. But this was a super big project. And they talked about it last episode where I'm working on promoting the film Coda from 2021, where um, it was a big winner at Sundance. It's a big indie film. It's a real important film for uh, the deaf community, and you know, I do a lot of uh, sign language and deaf stuff. So this was a, a big deal, big big opportunity, like kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity, honestly. Um, so went to LA, stayed down there, and worked on that film. It was a great trip. Um, we kind of created our own little like COVID safe bubble. We got tested before, we got tested when we were there, we got tested when we left. So I've been tested multiple times over the last couple of days. Um, I met so many cool people. Uh, the person I'm working with, his name is Daniel Durant. He's a Broadway star. Uh, he was in Spring Awakening. He was on Switch by Birth. He's in a couple other things. Great guy. Worked with uh, Troy Kotsur, who is a deaf actor of many decades. But I think people in our circles will probably most know him for his work on The Mandalorian. He was oh. in The Mandalorian. He was one of the Tusken Raiders. Uh, and he is also the guy who designed the sign language that the Tusken Raiders use in that show. So he has an expanded role in season three. I can't say anything about it under pain of death, but we can expect to see more Tuscan Raiders with a much larger presence, uh, more Tuscan Raider sign language. And you can uh, know that my good friend uh, Troy is that guy doing that stuff. Nice. Also, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, also, I got to meet uh, Marley Matlin. I think probably most people know who she is by now. I mean, she was in Children of the Lesser God. She was in The West Wing. She was in My Name is Earl. Um, you know, like like a billion things over the last 35 years or so. Wonderful actress, very talented, a real trailblazer um, for actors uh, who are deaf and with disabilities. I mean, she's a real staunch advocate for that. And so we got to uh, work together and it was just really, really great. Um, we did this photo shoot and the photographer, his name was uh, Jay Leonard. He's a real uh, amazing photographer from New York. They flew him in. And as we were on set, like doing the pictures for this stuff, I was like so impressed and feeling so lucky to be there like working with these great people and this great photographer and it was just so great so if anybody cares anybody wants to know um you can track that down in the hollywood reporter i'm not sure exactly when that's going up but if you want to see what we did there that's where you can track that down so that Ooh, was a great la, trip the hollywood reporter yeah it was a great trip those photos 
Oh my God. I'm so excited to see those photos. Those photos was like amazing. So very cool stuff. Um, also just as a heads up to our listeners, uh, I will be going back to LA. We were almost going to cancel it because COVID, um, the Delta version is spiking in LA right now. And people who know are actually really fucking worried about it. So we were this close to canceling the whole thing, but because this is such a once in a lifetime thing and because you got to strike while the iron's hot, we are again, recreating our COVID bubble. So we're going to get tested before we're going to get tested. I think it's either every day or every two days when we're down there. And then we're going to get tested at the end. People who are going to be on set and going to be like doing this thing are like limited. So you can't go out, can't have, I actually asked to have my wife if she could visit me and they're like, Nope, she can't. So we're going to be like really secured and in a place where everybody's, you know, COVID free and, and all that stuff. So that's good. Um, but we got another week and a half of it. And the reason I bring this up is because I will not be around to record an episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to record another episode before I go. And then we're going to have you guys ready to go because we don't want our audience to be disappointed whatsoever. We love you guys. We want to give the content that you like, bring you the show every week. I know that people listen and I want to honor that. So we're going to work overtime, get that stuff ready to go while I'm out and you should be all set. But I'll have more more news and info um, on that stuff as it comes. That's the stuff that I could share. Cool. Um, I will say uh, one little just kind of side story. When I got back from L.A., they were supposed to be a car waiting for me. And that car didn't show up. But I didn't know what happened to it. I couldn't find the guy who was supposed to drive me home. So I grabbed a taxi. I, I know, know this story. Tour. I know yeah. this story. Oh, my God. Like the absolute worst way to end a trip. I was tired. I had been flying been in this hotel the entire time hadn't gone anywhere like we're under lockdown in the hotel and all this stuff so again i'm like i just want to get home i'm just excited to see my wife and son just really can't wait driver's not there and i'm like god fucking damn it all i just i gotta get home right so i grab a taxi which is stupid because i had uber and lyft on my phone but i'm like i was i was on the sidewalk there was literally a taxi like 10 feet in front of me and i'm like well i mean this guy's gonna make a living whatever i'll just you know i'm right here it's it's fine i'm not gonna uber because this guy's right here huge mistake never ever 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 doing that again so like i get in the car the guy's like where are you going and i'm like oh well i'll just i'll tell you the address once we get inside and i i said that because i'm thinking he's going to plug my address into like his map program or something right because there's no way possible this guy could know exactly where i live if i just rattled off my street address right so we get in the car i tell him my address he starts driving and then like two seconds after he starts driving he like literally starts going off on a rant about how He's not going to make enough money from this trip driving me. And he feels like I'm ripping him off. And he feels like I didn't tell him my street address because I somehow would have known that he would have refused to give me a ride because it's not a far enough fare. And so he felt like I was jacking him by tricking him into giving me a ride. And then he started like actually yelling at me. Like he got really, really mad. And he's like, I can't stand that. I got to pay $10 to go to the airport. I'm only going to make $6 off of this ride. And this is, this is bullshit. And I can't believe you guys do this. And this is not fair. Like he was like yelling at me. Like he was angry, right? I'm like, it took me a moment and I couldn't even believe this was even happening, right? I don't know this guy. Never met this guy in my life. And I thought I was doing him a favor by getting in his cab instead of calling an Uber or something, right? Like I thought I was doing him a solid, like supporting the taxi industry or Ugh, whatever. Yeah. You know? He starts yelling at me and then I'm like, Is this guy yelling at me? Is he am I under, am I tired? Am I jet lagged? Or is he actually mad and yelling at me? Or what's going on? Yeah, he was. He was fucking mad at me. So I said, you know what, you son of a bitch? Fucking pull over right now. You can let me out right now. Because I don't I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to put up with you. I thought I was doing you a solid. You don't want to give me a ride? I didn't force you. Nobody yeah. forced you. You got to let me get in your cab all on your own. You don't like it? Fucking pull over right goddamn now, and I'm going to fucking walk home. And he's like, you can't do that. The ride started. I'm like, oh, yeah, watch me. I'm going to open the fucking door. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. And I'm like, okay, well, 
pull the fuck over because I don't need to be yelled at by you. He's like, oh, 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 don't do that. Don't do it. The ride started. Ride started. And I'm like, the ride I started. don't care. I don't care. You're fucking yelling at me. Like, I've got anything to do with your life situation or with the, the racket that the airport's running or with the rates that taxis guy yeah. got or, or Uber. Like, none of this is my fucking fault. I was just like. Wait, I thought he let you, he didn't leave, he let you out? No, he didn't. He didn't let me out. And I was like, okay, so, I mean, what am I going to do? Am I going to call the cops and say that I'm getting kidnapped right now? Am I going to just like sit here quietly? Like, what are we doing? So I'm like, I'm like, look, all you got to do is take a left of this next this, this street and just let me out. Just fucking just let me out. And he's like, rah, 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 grumble, 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 grumble. But he did. So we turned a corner. I was like, I was pretty far away from my house, actually. Uh, but I'm like, I got to get out of this fucking car. So he didn't say anything. He was mad. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to engage this guy. I'm like, just, just let me the fuck out. He stops. I get out, get my bags. And he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? I'm sorry for your situation, but I got nothing to do with it. So I, you know. I was going to say you could just take a lift from wherever he let you out. At that point, I was like upset. I was like mad. I was like surprised. I was like tired from being away from home and tired from the flight. I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to walk because I don't want to be home in a bad mood. I'm going to walk my walk this negativity off. I just walked, just walked, walked all the way home in my stupid suitcase, my rolling suitcase, and my backpack and shit. So well, okay. People see me on the street. It's ridiculous. I didn't know that he wouldn't like let you out for a while. That's like insane because you know, yeah, I would, I would have probably opened the door too. I'm like, well, I'm just going to jump out then and then uh, see yeah, what he does. I'm going to send you my goddamn medical bills. What I'm going to do. Yeah. But the other thing I was going to say is I wonder, that's going too much of a tangent, but the last time I had something bad happen that was like, where like you said, you're surprised. You know, like, whoa, lots of times it's when I'm tired. Like, I don't know what happens. It's almost like our decision making is bad. And it was when my I I hurt, I kind of broke my phone. And it's like still to this day has like a little green pixel that's, you know, off or whatever. Ah, That sucks. And it happened when I was super tired and I was talking to my friend about it and I had not eaten that day. And I was like not making a decisions and like accidentally like closed the door when someone's trying to open it. Like, so they kind of like walked into the door almost a little bit. And I was like, oh my goodness, I felt so bad. And then as I'm worrying about what I just did accidentally, cause I was tired, I walked in my, my door and I had too much stuff in my hands too. And I was tired and I was so like thinking about what had just happened. I dropped my phone and I dropped it not in any regular way. Like I dropped it right on the perfect angle right. that like fucked the phone. But I feel like that's all energy, you know? So maybe yeah. you're fucked energy because you're so tired. You obviously made the wrong oh choice to get Are in the taxi. Are you victim blaming me? Are you victim blaming me? I don't know if I'm victim this? blaming Oh, my. Get off this fucking show. No, you're no, 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 no. I'm saying it's happenstance. It's not like no. your decision. No, 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 no. I am not going to listen to another moment of this, sir. I will not. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out no. why things happen. Because he's an asshole, that's why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here, here's what's going on. Here's There's exactly no, what happened. Yeah. This guy's getting fucked by the airport, right? Like, a, according to what he said, he's got to pay $10 to just even get in the airport because that's their fee that they charge taxis. Is that a good deal? I don't know. He seemed to be pretty upset about it, so maybe it's a bad deal, right? He's got to give a cut to the taxi company. The ride that I'm giving, or he was giving me, is only going to get him a couple bucks above, like, the, the fees that he's already incurring just by starting the ride, right? Like, a $10 cut to the airport. And whatever his taxi company gets. So he's thinking because I don't live 50 miles away. No, no, I it was get only it. Gonna be, you know, you're so missing, like maybe he's thinking all these things, right? I know, but that's not my point. My point is you might have just like if you weren't it, it's in such a hurry to get home because you're so tired, which is totally normal. These aren't like 
blaming anything. It's just real. It's just like you were tired and you wanted to get home as quick as possible. I've done the same thing. And then like if you were like more composed because you had like a little more sleep or something, then you've been like, well, I'll just take my time and, you know, call the Lyft or Uber or whatever. Like you wouldn't have like bet. Maybe you wouldn't have like went that next mile and been like, oh, he's just right there. I'll just get, get, get the fuck out of here. See I mean, saying? sure. I see That's what you're saying. saying. I mean, yeah, it's taxis not, yeah. is not usually what I go for. And right, it, right. It just and was a happenstance. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, but now you know for sure. And of course, he's at fault like 100%. Uh, they just never get in one ever again, even if yeah. you're tired. <laughs> I mean, and that's really what happened, right? Because like, I mean, I'm sure this guy is struggling to make ends meet, right? He's probably got kids, a wife, or who knows what, a partner. I mean, I don't know, whatever. I'm not trying to, to assume here. But like, you know, he's probably struggling to make ends meet. He's probably barely making any money after all the fees and the gas and whatever he's got to pay, like he's probably stressed out, right? He's, you know, just like everybody, we can't pay bills. He maybe doesn't even have health insurance. I feel for this guy, right? Like I, I mean, and that's why I kind of got his cab in the first place was like, you know, Oh, Uber and Lyft is probably killing these guys. And here's this guy. Maybe I'll just give it, get a ride with his taxi. I'm probably going to pay more than I would pay with Lyft, but you know, he's a human being too. Let's just get a ride. And, and the end result is not only did he burn me as a particular customer, I'm literally never going to get in a taxi again as far as as long as I live. And I'm on the show telling everybody who's listening that taxis fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I jumped on Twitter as soon as I got out of the thing and I posted, you know, my entire story and said, fuck taxis because taxis fucking suck. So, like, it's not even like his frustration was even remotely, like, targeted correctly because all he's doing is cutting the throat of, of himself, right? Like oh my he's, goodness. he's losing, he's losing customers by yelling at the customer who's not responsible in the first place. And welcome back to taxi cast, uh, because I have two more <laughs> things to say on this subject. Oh now. no. Yeah. <laughs> One, my dad, uh, in his later years was really sick and, and we would want to go to the bar, go to a restaurant and do something, even if he couldn't, you know, really get there. And, and he had a little walker and stuff. And so he got to know like local taxis, which I think can work really well. Like oh, sure. we you were in Portland him, sure. and it was like, you know, Jerry is some guy who knew him, you know, and he called right, directly right. to the guy and he wouldn't give two shits about driving us down the street. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, my dad just wanted to go like six blocks. And so it's not everybody because obviously that was like for the most, the last two years of his life, we used that local taxi and he tipped the shit out of him though, too. Sure, you know, my dad sure, did. Sure. And then that guy drove us like five blocks, you know? So it it really matters the location, the person, and the setting. And also in New York, you have to take them. So, like, it doesn't matter if you like them, if you're about to die, because you almost die in taxis in New York all the time, and it's just normal. That's another place where you can be, you can, me and you can talk about all we want. But unless you're taking the train or walking, you're taking a fucking taxi. Sure. Because sure. you and say you have to get uptown, uh, New York lingo, whatever. But like, and, and you know, you don't have time to, to go down to the train station or walk there. You get in a taxi, you know. And there's sure. like I eight thousand of them. So exactly. it, it's New funny because sure. there's certain settings where it totally works. But I think being out here in the West Coast for so long, and especially open area West Coast, where it be a Portland or Seattle, you have taxis don't belong here. Like it's almost like they're out of place, yeah. Because yeah. if they're in San Francisco, if they're in bigger cities, it makes sense. But here, yeah, they're like pushed away because of Uber and Lyft, and also, yeah, if they have to pay a fee, and 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 they act like dicks when they don't need to. Let, let me counterproductive. Let, let counterproductive. me let me make this last point because you brought it up now. This is my biggest uh, beef with those taxis in these kind of areas because in New York, you you kind of have to be a dick sometimes, right? It's just a, a cold, quick. Yeah, calculated. You got to get in, get out. He's not really being an asshole to you. He's just being like, where are you going? Let's go, you know? 
it's not on purposely being a dick. It's just like, I have so much shit in front of me. We got to move. But in here, in the middle of, you know, Seattle or Portland, you don't need to be that way. So yeah. I, I'm wondering if a lot of people like, I don't know, taxis, they're like, maybe they drove somewhere else for years and now they're trying to like, you know, or they just feel that way. That's simulate. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. If I'm, I'm in New York, I mean, pass. that's a, I'm not giving no, that I, guy I, a pass. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, New York is like, you know, is famous for taxis. I mean, that makes sense. If I was there, probably that would be a choice I would have to make sometimes or something. But here in Seattle, like you just outlined, I, I don't ever need to ride a taxi again. When I'm no. in LA, I don't ever need to ride a taxi again. So I won't. And I, Place the blame squarely on this guy's shoulders. Yep. All the taxi rides I could have taken in the future that I'm not taking, that I'm going to give to Uber and Lyft instead, your fault, buddy. Yep. Your fucking fault. Okay. Let's talk about um, video games. Let's Jeez, talk about taxi games. tangent. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, dude. Main event of the show. We're going to start off. Uh, folks, this might be a little bit of a rambly show, as you can probably already tell. Uh, a little bit loosey-goosey with the games. Uh, a lot of quick check-ins and so forth. Let's uh, kick it off with you, Carlos. Uh, Greedfall check-in. We talked about Greedfall the last few episodes. Uh, you talked about uh, you were going into it for the second time. You had some problems with the save data and all that. And you were thinking that by this episode, you were going to be talking about the brand new DLC, which is originally why we started talking about the show in the first place. They put out a brand new edition with DLC. Yep. Uh, and uh, I forget what it's called. It's called, I'll oh, look it up, brand new DLC. And you have you finally gotten to the DLC now? I've gotten to it and completed it. All right. What? Is, tell us about this DLC while I look up the exact name of the DLC. Okay. Um, there's not much to tell. And actually, all of my uh, game reviews today are not really reviews. They're just kind of quick, like you said, check-ins. But um, I did go back to it. Uh, Greedfall does still check those boxes for my game happiness meter. Uh, which is RPG, open world, you know, getting skills and all that kind of stuff. And I love the fact that I'm siding with the natives. And essentially, it's just me and Native American style natives uh, going against the white man, which is, you know, kind of weird. But that's what the game is. Anyways, the DLC is um, you have to do it halfway through, like the cam- the actual campaign, at least halfway through. And then what happens is it kind of... Uh, uh, mixes well with the storyline as it, it's going so far where there's a guy named Constantine and he's your cousin in the game. And this woman shows up from a family who I guess is like the conniving family, like some, you know, you know how there's like many factions and houses and stuff. Sure. Well, sure. there's like a, a house that she belongs to and she's like, you know, they're like the tricksters or like they kind of like try to trick people out of stuff. So she shows up on the Island and she's like, I'm going to marry your cousin. And everyone's like, what? Where did that come from? So it's this whole weird little thing where, like, is she telling the truth? What's going on with her? You know, we don't want to anger her family because there's all these faction, you know, requirements and people are trying to get along with each other. But, of course, me, I'm just like, hey, it's just me and the natives here. So you you got to go. Like, whatever you're doing, it's probably a trap. Um, I won't spoil it, but it's not really much of a DLC. It's just this woman who shows up and... She's being tricky and doing some stuff, and you gotta like go check on stuff around the island to make sure if she's you know screwing you over or not. And I guess you fight some people, but it doesn't feel like a DLC you come back to a game for. I was gonna say, does this this what you're describing? Does it feel is it like that kind of DLC sometimes that game developers do, where like you jump into it and it just feels like 
just another quest, but it's just like an extra one. Like, is that, yeah. it's not special, right? Yeah, it's not. And it, it goes a little longer than you thought because they make you go to different lands or different parts of the island to like, you know, check stuff. And of course there's battles all of a sudden and, and you know, newsflash, you get backstabbed a couple of times, right? No, and, to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, um, what do they call it? Uh, when they make you go around a circus race. Nope. Um, uh, making you jump through hoops or something. Yeah. Or, what's that uh, other one when you're on a, yeah, I don't know. Hamster wheel. I don't know. No, you're on like a uh, treadmill. No. Anyways, no. goose chase. <laughs> goose chase. Goose. goose. Chase. <laughs> we went through every, we went through every, all of them. every little phrase in the English language except the one you needed. The wild goose. Wild chase. goose chase is what this. That's. I should have said that in the beginning. That's the DLC. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, I mean, I finished it, you know, and then now I'm like right at the end of the actual game now. Uh, mm. So. Uh, nothing really changed. I, I thought I would change a lot of different things about the ending, but it seems like I'm going to have a very similar ending to the one I had originally. Okay. So, you know, it fit the, it, it checked the box for a little while. I still love Greedfall. I still stand by it. I think people should play it. But the DLC doesn't really do much for me. But if this is your first time playing the game, then it's just extra, right? Sure. No reason not to play it. But if you've already been through it and, and maybe you're not super hungry to come back, not worth coming back. Not worth it. coming back to. Yes, correct. All right, fair enough. I found the name of it. It's called the the Devesp Conspiracy. That is the official name of the expansion. Yeah. Uh, for Greenfall, there you go. So okay, there's that. Let me jump in with a couple of quick takes here. Uh, played a game called Cyberhook on Switch. Uh, you know, I have a weakness for grappling hooks and that kind of thing. Uh, so I figured maybe this would be interesting to look into. Um, it is. It takes place in a I don't know, like a Tron esque sort of a cyber world where everything is like polygons and bright neon colors and it's like everything is suspended in in space it's a very abstract kind of a world it's not not real world at all right like like you're inside a computer like think of that kind of that kind of vibe yeah um you are a character i can't say that i remember much about it because they get through the story pretty quickly it's like oh hey you're somebody but now you're in the virtual world and now you got to fix things cool go and then like it's basically just like that right like it's it's just I mean, it would have been fine if there was no story whatsoever because the game is just about um, running and jumping and using this grappling hook. Hooking. Hooking, exactly. Hooking. Uh, I got to say, I bounced off it like almost immediately. Uh, And the reason being, this game is all about using the grappling hook. Comes from a first-person perspective. You're in these weird abstract environments, blocks floating in the air, weird little pathways that are very hard to navigate, and you got to use your hook to get through this. Um, the thing about it is it just, the, the hook did not feel good to use and I just could not get the hang of it. I fell so many times and it's, it's one of those things, I guess, where you have to like have the hook on the underside of an object. Otherwise it messes with how the rope swings. And you also have to really take into account like momentum and navigating like in space in that way. I I mean, I don't exactly know what they were going for, and I'm sure that if you practice it a million times, maybe it would feel really perfect and awesome. But for me, who was not interested in practicing this game for 12 hours before I got good at it, I just wanted to jump in and like swing around on a grappling hook and feel cool for a few minutes. And it was just like so hard to get the hang of it. Like I could not figure out what I was doing, and like you're you're trying to like swing in real time and space, and then at the same time shoot the hook while you're shooting through space, and it's going really fast. And if you hit it in the wrong place, it swings weird. And then you kill your momentum, and then you got to fucking fall down because you can't recover from it. And so you couldn't get the hook of the <clears> game about a could hook. Could not, could not to get the hook of Cyberhook. Exactly, exactly right. So you know, I mean, maybe 
I'm sure that the developers are amazing at this game. I'm sure there are some speedrunners out there who are amazing at this game. But I wasn't looking for something hyper, hyper technical like that. And it wasn't something that I wanted to, like, practice at for a long time. I want to just have some simple fun. This game is not simple fun. It's really, really difficult and feels weird. So maybe that's me. Maybe it's the game. I don't know. I, I didn't play it for too long because I just wanted to nope out. So that is Cyberhook. Um, shout out to a game called Ranger Dog. Uh, this is a 2D shoot 'em up where you are a puppy. You have three different puppies to choose from. And he has little, they all have little space helmets on because they're puppies in space. And that's real cute. And you fly. It's, it reminds me a lot of like Gradius. You ever played Gradius or any oh, of those yeah, uh, 2D yeah, shooter yeah. games back in the day? Any old people will know what we're talking about with Gradius. Or maybe something like an R-Type or something like uh, Darius or something. All my, my shooter references are pretty old. Maybe there's newer references I should have. Or like uh, Space Invaders. Uh, maybe not that far. Okay. Uh, so you play a dog who is a 2D pixel dog going from left to right in these side-scrolling shoot-em-up levels. You get basic uh, power-ups. You know, like little little power-ups will come down the screen. You shoot the enemy, grab the power-up, power yourself up. There's like lasers. There's like uh, bullets, circle bullets. You can get little smaller puppies. I guess, God, are they preemie puppies? I don't know. That's weird. That would be strange if they weird. were like unborn preemie puppies. Ew. But you get like little... <laughs> you get little small puppies who fly in formation with you. So eventually you can have like a squadron of like five dogs flying through the sky. And the levels are goofy. Like you're shooting like giant sushis. And weird cats and fish and like robots. And it's all just very like not serious and just really like lighthearted and cute. Uh, but I will say it handles real well. It feels like a good shooter. Uh, there's good difficulty levels. The easy level is super easy. The medium level I felt like gave a pretty good medium range challenge. The hard level was fucking way too hard. So if you like to have those variations in your shooter, it provides those. And it's a quick play. I mean, I think I finished it maybe in like an hour, maybe hour and a half or something, which is about par for the course for this genre. That's that's pretty normal. So that's not a ding against it at all. But it was just it was just fun. It was just really fun. It was cute. I like the dog theming. I like all the, the weird enemies that were coming through. Like, you know, I chuckled a couple times at some of the weird designs. The mechanics are super solid for the shoot 'em up genre, especially the 2D side scrolling. It's good. It's just really good if you want it. A good, basic, cute 2D side-scrolling shooter, kind of like a Darius, kind of like a, kind of like an R-Type, kind of like a Gradius. This is this is it. It's it's pretty good. It's a puppy shooter. Or there's a lot of puns or something that we come a couple with. I think puppy shooter. No, uh, uh, by the way, that just reminds me. A uh, friend of the show and a follower on Twitter, Jorge Alves, uh, was talking about Cotton. That has a reboot. Oh, yeah. And again, like you were saying earlier, open myself up to different genres and think about that. I grew up with uh, the shooters, all the ones you talked about, R-Type, Gradius. Um, I did like a lot of the weird ones because on TurboGrafx, my favorite system of all time, they had a ton of shooters. Like that was many, so many. And Cotton, I believe, was on the PC Engine, I want to say. I'm saying the high voice because I might be wrong. But games like it. You know, I uh, can't think of any of them right now, but like weird shooters, you know, with like, weird like characters. Like Parodius or uh, that one with the naked gay guys in it. I forget what that one's called. Yeah, but There's then also a, yeah. like, yeah, the one with the weird eyeball thing. I can't think of any of them right now, but Psychosis, that was one of Psychosis, them. Psychosis, sure. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like there's a place in my heart for like a, a shooter that has some weirdness and crazy characters in it. So, no, oh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. I love those. I mean, that's a fun shooter. The weird shooters are the fun shooters for me. 
I'm not really all about like the technical stuff or especially like the bullet hell stuff. I like the fun, funny, weird offbeat. And this fits right in that genre. So I really liked Ranger Dog a lot. I thought it was a really fun, fun game, really cute. And I will say also, I did see Cotton, which is about a witch on a broom and it's a shooter, very famous shooter, especially in Japan. Here's the difference though. Uh, Ranger Dog, I believe at most was, I think, $5, maybe something like that. Five, six dollars. Uh, I saw Cotton in the eShop. It's $40, dude. No, it like, is not. I shit you not. It is literally $40 because I was about to buy it after coming off of my high with Ranger Dog. I'm like, oh, I could do another one of these. That's cool. I've, here's Cotton. I like to play and be a witch on a broom and shoot stuff. Not for 40 bucks though, because you're going to beat that game in like an hour. So when I saw the price, I was like, you guys got to be kidding me. Like, I, you got that to be kidding me. Really That's weird. not a $40 game. Like, it is not. not. And it, yeah. it's on PS4 for 42 I just noticed. And oh, that seems yeah. crazy. There, you go. there is a deluxe edition that comes with a ton of stuff. It is based on something that, you know, was a historical and old school game. And yes, it did come out for the... Super CD-ROM for the Turbo Graphics. Okay, there you go. So that's why I don't think I originally played it. Um, I did have the CD-ROM later, but yeah. So yeah, it seems cool, and um, the dog one seems cool too. So yep, there's some there shooters for you. One more quick shout out, and this one is a pretty good one. I I randomly picked up something on the eShop uh, while I was in LA. I just wanted to just play something else. I needed something for the hotel room because I was pretty fucking bored. And it's a game called Chained. C H uh, A I N E D. Chained. I didn't know anything about it. Don't even know who made it. Didn't know where it's from. I just saw it pop up in the eShop and the screenshots looked intriguing. And I think it was like $4 or something, which is totally my, you know, experimentation zone. Like I'll buy any game for like two, three, four dollars just to mm-hmm. give it a shot. So it was when the zone and it turned out to be a win. It was a win. So what this game is, it is a 2D game where you play a hacker or I guess I guess a programmer who has been fired because he was providing security to banks, bank security on their online systems. He has been replaced by an online AI, and he lost his job. So now he's fucking pissed because he's broke, and he's going to be homeless soon, and he has no other skills to fall back on. So what he does is he hacks back into the bank to steal money from the bank to make it look like this AI can't do the job, right? So he wants to get his job back. Mm. He's going to make this AI look bad. That's the basic premise of this game. What it boils down to is you are doing the hacking. Um, the game starts, you're in his apartment. You do like a little bit of dialogue with a couple people. But basically the game is about getting into this interface. And it's super simple. It's like a line of numbers. And all you have to do is make sure that each number in the series is either one above or one below the number before it. So for example, if the first number is a two, the next number can either be a one or a three. And depending on which way you go, like, that's all it is. Like, that's it's just, that's as hard as it gets. Yep. You got to just make sure those numbers are one up or one down from the one before. Pretty fucking simple. So you jump into it. You start flipping those numbers. And at the same time, that AI shows up and he starts messing with you. Like, he'll flip numbers around. He'll lock some of the numbers. He'll cover up some of the numbers so you can't see him. So you're kind of battling this AI as you go through, trying to steal money from the bank, trying to make the AI look bad, trying to get your job back. It's super simple. Very, very simple game. Very straightforward. Easy to get into. But I thought it was really well designed. I thought uh, the, the gameplay was just simple enough to keep me busy for a few minutes. And the sessions are pretty short, like a minute, two minutes. And then you just like slowly progress. You get some upgrades and stuff. But it's all just like very approachable, very cute, very fun to play. It kept me totally entertained in my hotel room. Uh, the little bits of story are actually pretty good. It's not a deep story, but it's about this guy, how he feels about being unemployed. He meets a couple of other people who've got some other problems going on. They talk about it in between hacking sessions. And, uh, you know, by the end of two hours, you're done. Like, it's a quick play, simple play. 
but it's really well done. It looks good, handles good, it's got a good idea. Everything about it is just really well done. It's and it goes to show that you don't need like a million billion dollars to make a really fun experience. This game probably got made in someone's basement, probably got made on someone's laptop at a coffee shop or something, and it ended up being a really cool game that I'm glad I played for four bucks, and I definitely recommend it. It's pretty neat. And the aesthetic is cool. I'm looking at the art right now, and I like the simple uh, pixel style. Super simple. And it says it's fully voice acted. You know, it's funny because I always play my Switch on mute because I'm usually in places where oh. I can't, where I have to listen to something. Like, I need to pay attention if someone's going to call my name or if something's going on. I never play any uh, any games with the sound on. But yeah, I, I got to the credits and they had this long list of credits for the voices. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize this game was entirely voice acted, but I, there you go. Yeah, I feel like that's going to add something to the story yeah, part. Yeah, for, sure, so. for sure. Cool. I liked it. Big thumbs up. Chained, C-H-A-I-N-E-D. It's a couple bucks, two, three, four bucks on the eShop. Thumbs up. Really recommend it. Groovy. All right, Carlos, back to you. Valheim, we talked about it before. I think I uh, convinced you to just go for it and jump in. I know you're kind of hesitant about buying it on PC. Uh, anybody who wants to hear that discussion, it's last episode, I'm pretty sure. So you, I'm assuming you bought it and jumped in. Yeah. Oh, that's not a happy Carlos. Yeah, I did. I... Um... I, I had an idea of that it would be this like sanctuary that I'd go to and saw these reviews about people saying like life is crazy. I want to go to this fun Valheim and just stay in there and upgrade and upgrade and make a house and just chill. But as soon as I got in there, one thing I noticed is I like playing with a controller. So I'm playing it on my uh, PC with a controller, but it was obviously created for a mouse and keyboard. Do you okay. know what I mean? Okay, yeah, I get you. Like when you're looking around with right analog, it's like there's still those little crosshairs and they're not exactly one for one for where you're going. They're kind of like they aim a little different, you know. Okay, gotcha. And I feel like it's 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 yeah, it's them trying to do their best to port it over and it's really supposed to be like, you know, mouse keyboard clicking around with your with your I, I just mouse. I just realized we didn't really talk about what this game is. For people who missed last episode, give us a quick capsule about what Valheim is. Yeah, it's just your regular survival game, third person survival game, uh, but with a Viking and uh, a little bit of a backstory on why you're there, but not really uh, much. It's just like you're a Viking type character. Very simple graphics, by the way. I didn't know they were that simple. Uh, I okay. Don't, to, to their defense, I think it was a few people who made it. I don't think it's a very big team at all. Yeah, small team. Um, but it's super simple graphics. You're a Viking. You're in the wilderness. They give a reason for that, but it's very loose. And you're supposed to just, like, you know, live out your days or prepare for some big battle at some point. Uh, but no timer, you know, just kind of go do your thing. Right, right. Upgrade. And at some point, you can take on these, like, big bosses uh, when you're ready. You know, is there a ton of crafting? Like, is this a crafting focused well, game? Well, that's the reason why I gave the, the lackluster intros because it immediately became every other game I've ever played. And so I was kind of confused on why everyone's so goo goo gaga for it, which I don't think I've ever used that terminology. But um, that's such a weird thing to say. That means they're baby for it. I mean, if you go gaga, that I think that is what you're, uh, you're shooting for. The goo goo kind of does slant it baby wise. If you're going Gaga, we should look. Yeah, up. I don't know what that there means. you go. Anyway, so they they were excited about it, and it just it. I'm definitely not um, just a survival game person. We've played many of them on the show, and we usually like don't love them. Uh, it has to be something special, I think, or have like 
you know, yeah, unique. Remember the one that we did like, the 2D one? Which, what was that called? Oh, uh, Grounded was a good yeah, one. Yeah, Grounded. Like that had a unique slant to it, you know. Like we won't spoil it, but it had a really interesting spoil, you know, uh, bit. So that was fun. But anyways, if it's just a survival game, I don't want to do that because, it, again, it's really – it should be meditative for me, and I thought that's what it would be. But I just felt laborious. Like, yeah, get a ton of pieces of wood, make the hammer, take the hammer, make the crafting table. I've done all that, you know? Interesting. I, You know, I've heard tons of people raving about this game. Uh, Gaga like said, for it, even. Going Gaga for it. Uh, and I was curious. Uh, wasn't going to play it because I don't play PC, but – I guess it sounds like every other survival game you're describing. So, I mean, what is the hook? I don't get what is so special about this one. Maybe the hook is later on, which we've seen before in the one I just mentioned, Grounded. It takes a while, remember? So, I know I already bought it, so I can definitely go jump back in. And I definitely have gotten past a couple humps. You know, I have a crafting table and I have a couple things. But I I just was noping out because it wasn't making me relaxed. It was like, you know, monsters would show up, a la Minecraft, and I would not be ready for them or know the controls well enough. And I died like immediately, you know, mm. and it's that dark souls thing where you have to go find your shit. And I was like, I don't want oh, to you gotta do corpse run. Oh, yeah. Geez. Corpse yeah, run. Okay. And then I did that. And then I was, I had a hammer, so th- they couldn't fuck with me now. You know, like I was like, okay, if they come up to me now, I'll probably get them. But I just didn't want to do that. You know, I just didn't want to do another Minecrafty thing. I will go back in for the sake of the podcast and see if if I beat one of the bosses or something, if something opens up. Um, but I saw the the house building mechanics, and yeah, it's like other games. You know, you put a roof on it, you put a door, and I just wasn't uh, I wasn't taken with it. Well, I tell you what, man, don't bother going back to it if it's not uh, if it's not doing it for you. But I would I will put an ask out to our listeners, uh, and maybe we should even put this on Twitter. You know, I guess I mean I'm not going to play it, and Carlos didn't really click with it, but I've heard so much about this game. I mean, it seems really strange that people would go crazy for just another one of these, which is kind of what it sounds like. But if you play Valheim, dear listeners, uh, or know what makes it special or have an opinion on it, like, let us know, because I'd be very curious about what it is that's lighting the world on fire with this one, because, I mean, it seems like nothing special. So, yeah, that's what I should have actually started with, because, like, please tell me, because if, if it's yeah. like, you know, 20 hours in or something, which sucks, but and all of a sudden something opens up that's really addictive but just making a house and just fighting off monsters again i mean that's minecraft like it's it's something i've done you know from the beginning of time of survival yeah. games so anyways i noped out of that um spoiler a lot of the games on this show i didn't really get excited about so it's been a a, a tough run for me of games lately yeah, sounds like it, man. Sounds like it. All right, well, let's turn this around a little bit. Well, no, no, we're gonna keep no, we're gonna keep it going negative for a minute, and then we'll turn it around. Oh, because you're just gonna uh, stick with me? Uh, no. Oh, like, negative. You have more? For I thought you. you had another. One. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. I have one. I uh, do have one more game member. No, hang on to one more. You only okay. got one though, right? Yeah, I do have one. Okay, we're gonna save that for the big finish at the end. Although I guess now the you've told us that finish. it's negative. So oh. yes. <laughs> Okay, it's called not the a big finish. Mediocre finish. Mediocre finish. Okay, good. I'm glad that it's mediocre because uh, I almost bought it and I'm glad I didn't. So we'll get there in a minute. Uh, talking about Streets of Rage 4 right now. Boy, talk about a game that people went gaga over. Boy, when this came out, it was all I heard about for like two weeks straight. Everybody in my timeline. Streets of Rage 4, so amazing, so awesome. I love this game. It's the best. Graphics are great. Oh, gameplay. Oh, it's so great. Blah, 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 blah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, full disclosure, I am not the biggest fan of like the I guess people were describing it to me as a belt belt scroller what? Um, I've never heard that in my I've life. never heard that either I never heard it before but like as soon as I started talking about it on Twitter I had multiple people say 
you're crazy. This is the best belt scroller that's ever been made. And I'm like, a belt scroller? Nope. Like, okay. okay. I'm gonna, we're going to, so Video Games Podcast is discontinuing that term. We, <laughs> I do not appreciate it. I don't think it, I don't think it fits. <laughs> Whatever you're trying to do, I, I don't approve of it. I, I, it's weird to me. So, I mean, I usually call these like beat em ups or just side scrolling beat em ups is what I usually call them. Um, you know, stuff like Final Fight or, uh, I mean, Final Fight is, I guess, the hallmark. I mean, but there's other games like that. Uh, Double that, Dragon. You know, back in the day. Double Dragon. There yeah. you go. Thank you. I mean, these were huge, <clears throat> excuse me, in like the, the 90s, right? Like this was a very popular genre because developers were good at making them. They were good fit for the arcades because they were quarter munchers. And it was simple enough for home consoles at that time to handle. So these were pretty popular for a while. I never liked them that much. Uh, maybe if we were in the arcade and it was like me and three friends doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and everybody was a different turtle, like four player, that was a pretty good time. Or like the Simpsons did one of these two. That was kind of fun. But in general, not the biggest fan of the genre. Just full disclosure. Okay. So I started playing Street Trades 4. This is the one that everybody was like losing their shit over, saying it was like the best thing ever. Great revival. So exciting. And clearly there's a lot of fans. I mean, I, I got like immediate um, tweets from people who were saying I was wrong for not liking it. And spoiler, I, I don't really like it. I don't think it's it's great. I don't think it's great. Um, here's the problem. These games were popular like 20 years ago or whatever. And at that time, they were pretty simple. You, you, walk, you walk from left to right. You punch people. Maybe you got a combo. Maybe you got a super move. You pick up uh, turkeys on the ground to give yourself life. Or maybe it's burgers if it's not turkeys. Uh, something like that. And that's that's basically all it was. They were designed to make you to dump quarters into arcade machines. And, you know, if you had enough quarters that day, you could beat the game. If not, try again next time. So with Streets of Rage 4, I jump into it and I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be like a like like a reimagining of the genre, like a reimagining of the side scrolling beat em up where it's going to just be modernized. Right. They're going to take the same basic fundamental concept, but then add things to it to you know, give a nod to modern game design. Nope. Yeah. Not nope. even, not even remotely. No, it is. This could have very easily been a arcade cabinet back in the day, except for the graphics are like nicer. The graphics are great. I love the graphics are like kind of hand drawn, very attractive, good animation. So the graphics are, are, are beautiful. I will definitely give it that, but you're basically walking left to right. Uh, and you are just beating up goons over and over and over. And you have a super move and you pick up a turkey. Or if in the options, I to be fair, you can change it. It can be a turkey. It can be a bowl of ramen. It can be a cake. I think you're gonna say it can be all those things. I think you're gonna say it can be a vegan turkey. Or like I mean, maybe there is a vegan turkey. I don't know. That chicken. could be an option. Yeah. Like you could make it vegetarian. So props for giving food options. That's cool, I guess. Um, but hey, the gameplay, I was really surprised at how nothing was there really. And uh, as I went through it, there's a bunch of characters. You can lock some characters. They just released a DLC which includes some of the characters that people were really wanting. There's this one really um, tall, muscular lady that uh, a lot of the lesbians in my timeline were like super excited to be able to play as, which I totally get because she looks, uh, you know, like perfect for that. She's a cool looking character, buff lady. We don't get a lot of those, so I, I get it. Um, but yeah, it just felt really boring. I was walking from side to side, beating up the same goons that were all slightly different colored. Uh, I didn't feel like I had a lot of different moves. I didn't feel like there was a lot going on. There was no dodge button. There was no block button. So for people who remember back in the day when you played these in order to avoid somebody, you like you literally walked like into the background or into the foreground, basically up and down to avoid them because you had no other way to like avoid getting hit. So like I'm just like, really, this is where we're at right now. And this is what people are so excited about. Like, I guess if you're a fan of the genre and you like throwback games, this is one of those that could easily fit right alongside the classics. Yeah. 
but it's al- I'm like, blah, blah, boring, dude. <laughs> it's almost like Valheim, though, right? Like, tell, uh, uh, tweet us or whatever. Like, tell us why it was so special because it was, like you said, a movement or something at some point. Yeah, I mean, so here's here's the thing. Here's what I got from people. Like, I started tweeting about this. And I was a little bit nervous because I know people really like this. And when I tweeted saying, oh, man, this is disappointing. I don't like it. I knew I was going to get some people tweeting me back. Right. It's always a gamble whether it's going to be people calmly explaining their perspective or people telling me to get fucked and also my mom to get fucked as well. Um, So what I got back from people was we love the combo system, which is cool. I mean, apparently you can get an enemy close to a wall and then you can like wall juggle them. And then if you combo your characters moves correctly you can get a really long combo string going and get a big high score okay i mean i get it that's cool has literally like negative zero appeal for me like nothing about that is fun Um, i don't give a shit about combos i don't give a shit about score uh the the thought of like trying to like juggle a guy against a wall as my objective in playing a game makes me want to like just cry and just hang up (laughs) video games altogether. same so yeah i mean like if and if you like it cool i'm not trying to shit on that but like if that's the appeal of the game, then this game is 1000% not for me. I am not for this game. And that's fine. We can shake hands and go our separate ways. But to be honest with you, I really was expecting more from this. I thought it'd be more sophisticated, you know, better moves, maybe a skill tree unlocks or like, you know, at least a block and a dodge or something or just, you know, just just more. It just there wasn't much there. So I was really shocked. Yeah, it feels like that um, like the Super Smash Brothers crowd likes it. You know what I mean? Because it's like fighty and it's also combo-y. Yeah. I mean, I'm there's guessing, clearly a bunch of people out there who like that. Because I got several people who wanted me to know that this combo is great and the combo system is the best. And this is the best of these kind of games that's ever been made. So, I mean, I respect that. Uh, but maybe that just cements the fact that this genre is not for me. And we're going to just have to leave it there. Shake hands and walk away. That's exactly it. Uh, one more game for me, and then we're going to turn it back over to you, Carlos. I wanted to check back in on Unavowed, which I talked about last week from Wadget Eye Games. Uh, it is a 2D point-and-click adventure game, which I usually do not care for this genre. Uh, but this one is great. I raved about it last week, and I was about three-quarters of the way through the campaign, and I was really curious to see how it ended. I got to say, the ending was great. It had a great end sequence, a lot of cool twists cool mechanics that popped up at the very end uh great handling of the characters story came together really well like they stuck the landing right so like this game i think altogether was great it's a it's a urban fantasy about a person who is possessed she gets depossessed and then she has to go after the demon who had possessed her in order to like undo the damage that was done uh she teams up with a bunch of uh supernatural detectives to get that job done and they just go through the city solving various cases eventually facing the demon at the end as you would expect not really spoiler there but it was great graphics were great writing was great voices were great uh the plot twists were great i mean there was uh, you know full disclosure there was one or maybe two puzzles where i'm like "Eh, okay this i see what you're going for but this didn't quite make it for me but in general 95 percent of the puzzles were very logical very easy i mean not not easy to figure out but they made sense right like you know you, you you could figure them out if you thought about them for a minute given your circumstance nothing was like the crazy cat hair glue mustache bullshit like it was all no moon logic like it was all regular i'm a detective i need like what would you do if you're a detective most of the time that worked like whatever you thought of that was logical and it worked so that was great very few bad puzzles which is wonderful great pace the pace just like rocked along like it never got stuck too long never dragged 
Uh, I mean, it was just great from start to finish, and it finished strong. Really respect the endings, uh, multiple endings there, and I just loved what they did. Great time all the way. And nothing bad to say about Unavowed. I love it. It is so good. It is at the top of my favorite in the point-and-click genre now. I think it's really good stuff. Nice. Good stuff. Recommended. Also, great on the Switch. Readable. Readable on the Switch. Hey, that's a yes, lot of points you know, nowadays. Absolutely. So I give it uh, my thumbs up. Really recommend it. I liked it a ton. If you liked, uh, let's see, Nine Witches. If you like the Dark Side Detective, get this game. Just buy it. Just buy this game because you're going to love it. It's good stuff. This is my favorite kind of point and click. Excellent work from Watch It Eye Games. Total thumbs up. If you scored a game, would you say you gave it a 9 out of 10? I would give it probably... See, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bastard when it comes to scoring, right? I score low and it's tough to impress me. I'd give it like at least an 8.5. Because okay. those... Yeah, at least an 8.5. If not, if not, yeah, 8.5. And also, I just got you to score a game on the show. You did. You did. <laughs> I just did it. I tricked you. <laughs> tricked. Tricked. All right. Tricked. So that is Unavowed coming in at a solid 8.5. I'm not sure if I'm going to do an actual written review uh, because I'm really short on time these days. But if I do, it would have been an 8.5. So that's okay. There There you go. Unavowed. Check it out. It is great. Carlos, back to you for the final game of the show. Uh, Chris Tales. C-R-I-S-T-A-L-E-S. Chris Tales. It is a some kind of like side scrolling RPG or something really colorful. The graphics are cute. I saw it on Game Pass and I was considering downloading it, but I, I held off. And I guess maybe I'm glad I did because it seems like maybe you're not too excited about it. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where the art style has to be, you know, it's uh, front and center, as they say. Right. It's it's the most um, interesting looking thing. And it has an art style that's 2D but with with 3D worlds, um, similar to the Double Dragon style, where you can, you know, walk around a uh, 3D plane, but with 2D characters. Gotcha. Gotcha. But it looks and it looks beautiful in the fact that it looks hand-drawn, almost like cartoony. And it looks very much like a Disney movie, like old-school Disney. Um, I guess that's the closest comparison I can come up with. It, a little anime, but with Dis- Disney, I guess, mixed in. It, right. it just has a very specific style, just like Google, Chris Tales, you'll see it. And I always like liked it for that. I remember liking just you know seeing the trailer, being like, wow, that's really cool. And the other hook of the game is that it, basically allows the character and you to see the past, present, and future throughout the game. So how that's how that comes to be is you are you play a girl who kind of lives in a big building with a bunch of uh, other girls. It's almost like I guess a what happens like an orphanage, you know, in a way. Okay. Okay. Uh, where you don't have your real parents and there's like kind of a headmistress and she's like, you know, in quotes your mom. But she's like telling you to do stuff and you're like just kind of you know, living out your life in this kind of interesting orphanage situation. Um, I don't know if it's an orphanage. Don't hold me to that. But it's something like that. And then you go on a little adventure and you meet a frog, as you do in a Disney movie, with a top hat, of course. Of course. Of and course. They don't come any other way. No, it's just a frog with top hat or no frog. So the ta- the frog, uh, you know, goes on a little adventure with you. You learn about, you know, how the combat works a little bit. And then you get this power to basically see the, the past, present, and future, but at all times. So basically while you're walking, the the actual backgrounds that you're walking by will look differently, right? So if you like walk left to right by a person, that person might be a kid, then in the present they're an adult, and in the in the past or in the future they're an old person. And how do you, 
I mean, you see them all at the same time, or do you like push you a button see and scroll them through, all at or the what same do you time. do? Right, right. I'm getting to that. You see them okay. all at the same time, but you um, can only interact with the present until you use the frog. Uh, and later on, I'm not sure if it's you, but for the time being, if you want to like complete objectives, you basically use the frog and and send him to the past or future to like interact with things. Time traveling frog. I mean, time traveling frog does sound cool on paper. And then you know, I did it like one time. We had to like go do something where the frog had to talk to somebody and get some sort of answers about something so that we would know what to do in the present, and it worked fine. Um, then the combat is turn-based. I don't know why people keep saying JRPG just because it's a turn-based combat. Turn-based, yeah. It's like not lazy JRPG. Shortcut. Lazy That's, shortcut. That is lazy, yeah. It's just like, um, you know, very interesting dynamic um, menus, and it looks kind of fun. You got attack and skill, and and then you, in the combat, which, again, all these things on paper seem really interesting. Um, in the combat, when you're fighting enemies, like here's an example, uh, to use the past, present, future in a fight, I was fighting uh, two women warriors and they were like shielding all my hits. So what I had to do is I had to go into the future with my attacks. So during the combat, you can do it without the frog. And in the future, I, how this work? I shot a bunch of water at them, okay? And then because it was the future, it rusted them, rusted their armor. Meaning, oh, okay, gotcha. So, right? like, you did like kind of a time jump to like you did something to them, and then you you changed time somehow, and then that yeah water you know acted on them as time. Okay, as gotcha, time gotcha. continues. Yeah. So, I guess I sure. attack them in the present with the water, and then send them to the future. And while they were in the future, they're still in front of me. So it's a lot of like you know, uh, you know, special versions of time travel. You know what I mean? Like not. It, the paradoxes could be everywhere if we actually right, took this right, for right. real. But don't think about it too much. I don't think about it too much. But they're still in front of me fighting me, yet they're in the future, right? So right. that's why it doesn't make that sense. That was like the, the world's longest battle, every single battle, right? Because you're there years in the future. Years that's, in the future. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. Matt, imagine if it was like The Longing. Or is it that was that, what the game's called? Yeah, it is The Longing. Yeah, yeah exactly. and it's like you, each each single battle takes years. That okay. is crazy. Okay. So anyways, anyway. you do that, and that's like, you know, it just feels like a fun trick, you know, but it isn't really, it didn't really feel fun um, to do. And the combat was, you know, your basic-ass combat, attack, skill, mana points, all that shit. So then I guess in general, I just didn't gel with the animation for long, long, for long periods of time because I just, you know, the character moves kind of slow, and it looks beautiful, but... You know, you always say this. It's, you got to be in tune with the art style, and I thought I would it would win me over because it is so, you know, specialized and unique. Um, it's done in this really cool way. I just didn't find the action fun enough. I didn't find the story compelling enough. There's an overworld map as well. I didn't really like the way that they did that. It felt clunky. Like, um, you know, when you bump up against different like items out there, it just felt weird. It all looks like a cutout kind of thing but it just didn't gel with me I, I and i tried a lot i played this for quite a bit and i kind of explained a lot of the mechanics already so i don't know if it gets picks up at some point again but i feel like you got to get you know sucked into the beginning so yeah. and again i'm not sure if it's that you know carlos is looking for one specific type of game right now but i thought it would be have more fun basically with the turn-based stuff than i did i guess that's really the the culprit because I like RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it sounds cool. And like you talking about it, like you don't sound excited about it at all. 
But like you explaining it to me, I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty neat. But I got to be honest, like I am not really down with um, turn-based games just in general right now um, because I feel like they tend to take longer than they need to and there's a lot of grinding kind of like intrinsic to the genres or, or to that system. If it's something like an XCOM, like a turn-based tactics sort of thing, I think that is fine for right now. But like to do turn-based like battles where it's like you're on the you're on the right side and enemies are on the left or vice versa, whatever, and you're just kind of doing those attacks over and over. Like I get bored with those uh, mechanics really quickly, and I I get like uh, I, I feel like they just kind of waste my time. I mean, the time thing sounds neat, um, but I probably would not play it for very long. And I mean, I'm, and what is it about the 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 graphic you didn't like? Just didn't just didn't cover the style in general, right? Just the Disney. Yeah, I guess it was just too friendly. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I don't know. Again, that's like a very specific, like, you know, dislike, but. Well, taste is very, taste is very specific, so I get it, but. All right. Well, I mean, do you think if the art style was better, that you would enjoy the game more? Do you think that's really the crux of it? Or do you think just, you you know, we're not interested in doing the throw water and then jump forward 20 years in the future? Yeah, I really think that's it, because it's not like it it turned me off totally. And I uh, originally, like I said, I I was interested in following the game because it was so unique and, and like animation style, but it's just the the turn-based part, which I am not like, uh, over, you know, I actually do like a good turn-based RPG. I just, it just wasn't doing it for me. So, uh, I, I did, uh, I do have the game. I'm going to probably, you know, mess with it some more just because I'd like to see if those future past mechanics, uh, you know, get better. And I will say this, the other positive is, it was some pretty cool magic, game developer magic they pulled off to have you be able to walk around anywhere and to show you past, present, future. Okay, let's let's give them props for that. I mean, that sounds cool. I can't even in my head imagine what that even looks like. I, I may have to like get it from Game Pass just to see what that looks like. Yeah, I think it's on Game Pass or it's it's about yeah, it to is, come to it. it. Is. Yeah, 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 it is. So. so it's like a triangle <clears throat> and it basically like on the left side, you can see the past and the right side, you can see the future. And it doesn't work all the time, but it works a lot of times. And I'm like really amazed that they pulled that off. So basically, yeah, that part is a technical awesomeness. So, huh, interesting. Okay, cool. Well, uh, like we just said, it is on Game Pass. Anybody's got Game Pass can check that out. Uh, you know, for quote unquote free and see if you like it or not. Uh, but it seems. I mean, I, I think I'm gonna download it just to see that time thing, and I'm, I'm probably not gonna play it. But I am very curious to see what you described. So yeah, check it all out. All right, man. There you go. And that is it for the show. That's all we got today. Before we go. Uh, thank you to The Patches, one of my good friends from way back, uh, for retweeting the show last week. Really appreciate that uh, very much. Uh, otherwise, what else do we got? Oh, shirts. Reminder that we got shirts. Talked about that at the top of the show. Designed by humans.com slash shop slash so video games. We will also have that in the show notes if you're somewhere where you can't remember that URL. And I think that's going to do it. Um, we are going to be pre-recording a show for the next episode. So there may be some weird timey wimey stuff happening, but we are going to have a show up while I'm in LA. And, uh, I guess that's it for now. Thank you for listening as always. Uh, love to get your questions, comments, etc. Hit us up. So video games, podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at so video games. Also, you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing traffic uh, for you this week? Uh, all my sketches that I do are kind of taken off a little bit over on Instagram. So go over there. Instagram.com slash it's a lot of things. Did you say they are taking off or they were taken off? Because I know that you have oh, a, no. a tendency to go a little bit. Uh, They're little taking bit off. There. The last one got like 7,000 views over there. And nice. um, I was like, well, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, we're having some success over there. And um, I'm actually co-writing some of the sketches with others as well. So, 
Instagram.com slash it's a lot of things. Excellent. As for me, same as usual, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, and the last name is all A's, no O's, as you know. Uh, and that's going to do it for episode 242. Thank you again for joining us here on So Video Games. And we'll see you next Friday. In the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. Uh, this is Bye from Carlos. That's it. I just did an accent, but I said the same thing.